Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The high price of romance. If you use the services of a matchmaker to find love, your dates might not set your heart on fire, but the cost of some agencies could burn a hole in your pocket. And with the biggest threat to our wealth apparently removed from next week's budget, as the Chancellor drops pensions tax reforms, what else should we be braced for? I mull over the tea leaves with our award-winning pensions correspondent, Josephine Cumbo. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's most popular weekly podcast. I'm Claire Barrett, money editor, and I'll be giving you all the week's money news in downloadable form with the help of my FT money colleagues Emma Jacobs and Josephine Cumbo, plus special studio guest Rachel McLynn, founder of the Vida Consultancy. The online dating industry is now worth billions of pounds, but many older, well-heeled daters are turned off by Tinder and other internet-based services, instead preferring the old-fashioned route of an elite matchmaker who will conduct a more discreet, discerning and sensitive search for the one. The writer Daniel Pembry is one such man. He's written candidly about his experiences of using high-end dating agencies and FT money this weekend. Sadly, he hasn't found love yet, but he has found that at this end of the dating game, there appears to be a shortage of eligible bachelors. This means that your heart could be a flutter when you find out how much dating agencies cost, especially if you're female. I'm joined in the studio by dating expert Rachel McLynn, founder and managing director of the Vida Consultancy. Rachel, thanks for joining us today. You've been running your own matchmaking agency, Vida, for five years now, growing the business through referrals from happily matched clients. But would you say there's a shortage of men at the top of London's dating scene? It certainly seems to be a hot topic in all cosmopolitan cities, people complaining that there's not enough single men. Um, I think that the perception is there predominantly because when men are single, they keep that status relatively private. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas women, on the other hand, when they're single, they naturally gravitate towards talking to their friends and to their colleagues and um, seeking out support from their peers in terms of finding someone to go on a date with or attending events, etc. So I think the the apparent disparity between um, men and women and and the the numbers of single people isn't actually as severe as um, what one may think. So in the FT Money piece this week, the writer Daniel Pembry gives one example where he was given free membership of an elite dating service because they couldn't get enough um, eligible male clients, whereas one woman who he met on a date confessed to having paid over £18,000. I mean, looking across the whole industry, do you think that women really are paying more 
to make a match and why might this be? So it, it's not so much a case that um, women are paying for the service and men are, are receiving free membership. Certainly that's not the case at uh, my business. At our service, we have uh, two tiers of membership. Um, one which is involves a proactive, um, dedicated matchmaking service um, and we charge from £10,000 uh, for a year's membership um, and it's the same fee that we charge to men as we do to women. Um, we spend a lot of time with that individual, profiling them, getting to know them, just taking them through the entire journey over the course of the year, introducing them to suitable individuals who we have identified, embedded and screened, etc. Now, in, to be able to deliver that service, we also need to have access to a very large network of equally high quality single people. Um, so we have, um, at the moment, we've got well in excess of 5,000 individuals who are um, registered with us on a passive basis. Now, that is where um, this particular gentleman is is maybe referring to having received a free service. So it's not a men versus women debate, really. OK, well, at this point, I'm going to introduce Emma Jacobs, um, the FT's star features writer, who has separately been writing um, about the dating industry. Welcome, Emma. Hi. You've been writing in the FT recently that competition for landing the most eligible men in London is now hotting up even further as elite dating agencies in New York are actually arranging dates for their female clients with London men. Do you tell us more? (laughs) Well, I mean, actually, it's happening in both cities. So dating agencies in London have branches in New York and vice versa. Mm. And I think having talked to Rachel, part of it is that People are flying back and forth, particularly in finance and fashion. So the cities don't feel, well, they're not alien. They share a common culture, a common language to some extent. And it just makes sense if you're flying backwards and forwards, you know, once or twice a month, why not go on a date for someone in another city? It seems mad to me because I don't fly backwards and forwards. But if I did, I mean, why not? And also, there are some very unromantic reasons. Some men said that they wanted to slow the pace that their relationship built up at you know and that and and certainly having the Atlantic between you dictates the pace and also because people were sick of the dating scene in New York and also in London so they they felt that it was too competitive in New York women were tired of the dating rules as They've been referred to many times, um, you know, waiting three days for the man to phone you back and also multiple dating. Um, and so people want to be fixed up with somebody quality. And Rachel, would you say that this nylon trend is something big that you're noticing? Yes, absolutely. Um, we have nearly half of our clients um, who live in New York or London are requesting to meet someone or certainly extending the search to the other side of the pond um, for a variety of reasons. Um, I mean, the, the, the ease of travel is an obvious one. Um, but beyond that, if we delve a little bit further into the actual profiles of the people that we're looking after, they tend to be people who are um, British or American or maybe other um, European nationalities as well, who have got some sort of history of living or working in both cities. Um, so they have some experience there. Um, there's there's some roots there that have already been planted and, and therefore they are very open-minded about where they eventually end up and where they could live. 
just this week, actually, um, and, and in response to the article, I took on a new client. She's British, but living in New York. Okay. Um, she's been living there for 10 years. She runs a successful business, but she's in her late 30s. She wants to get married. She wants to have children. And whilst um, it would be much more straightforward for her to meet someone in New York, she's really fed up of the dating culture there. So she is equally happy for us to extend the search to London um, because she has family here. She's lived here for many years prior to moving to New York and therefore she would like us to search in both cities so that's a typical example of someone who would be really tuned into the idea of nylon dating and finally the conclusion of FT Money's intrepid data was that he preferred to go to organised dating events where he met lots of people in a less pressurised scenario Rachel do you think dating events are the next big industry trend? If you had asked me this two years ago, I would have said absolutely no. And I've been really, really pleasantly surprised by what's been happening over the last 18 months or so. We've started running um, events over the last 18 months just very delicately trying out different formulas to see what really works. And they've become amazingly popular and particularly the the desire of men to come along to these events as well. I think the trick really um, that we're focused on really getting right is about making sure that the the actual venue is is amazing. But the real secret is making sure that we get the right people there in the first place. So it's invite only. Um, we keep careful monitor on who is interested in coming and who we extend the invites out to so that we can ensure that there is the the ideal blend of men and women who are attractive, uh, socially confident, well presented, and 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 really just amazing individuals who are absolutely looking for a committed relationship and putting them in a very discreet setting as well, so that they can meet people very comfortably. Well, thanks very much. That was Rachel McLynn, founder of the Vida Consultancy and Emma Jacobs, the FT's star features writer. You can read FT Money's full cover feature, The High Cost of Finding Love, in FT Money as part of the Weekend FT, widely available on both Saturday and Sunday, or read us online, ft.com slash money, and follow us on Twitter, at FT Money. Did you breathe a sigh of relief last weekend when the Chancellor backed away from ending the valuable perk of tax relief on pensions contributions? Commentators say that the popular backlash to further pensions tinkering, combined with fears about upsetting the electorate ahead of June's referendum on Europe, were why the government has taken a step back from radical reforms. But could he pull any pensions rabbits out of the hat? I'm joined by the FT's pensions correspondent Joe Cumbo to tell us more. Joe, thanks for joining us today. So Friday night was a busy one for you. Talk us through why the Chancellor changed his mind over pensions reform. Yes, I think the main reason why he changed his mind was political. Now, we are only a couple of months away from a very sensitive poll on on Europe and the Chancellor was starting to get very tetchy that uh, MPs uh, would face a backlash from their grassroots supporters (gasps) over big changes to high rate relief. So it was a very sensitive time to be making any big changes. So I think that was the key reason why he decided that there wouldn't be any big announcement in the budget. But there were also a lot of concerns raised by the industry and other groups that the option that is believed to have been favoured by the Chancellor would have caused a lot of damage to the industry and to retirement saving. Yeah, the pensions ISA. Now, this was so controversial because it would have effectively have reversed the tax treatment of pensions. Big windfill for George. But 
future problems for future governments. Yes, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. The Pisa was an idea that George Osborne flagged. It was the only one he really mentioned when he stood at the dispatch box um, in 2015 and told us he was going to be looking at tax relief. And he said, well, pensions could be treated like ISAs, where you get the tax break at the end rather than at up front. But the concerns were that the wholesale switch in the system, even though it sounds easy, it would be far, far, far more complicated to implement a change of that sort. It would require two pension systems, old and new, to be running alongside each other, um, which could create a lot of confusion. And there was a concern that could hit even more confidence in retirement saving. Exactly. But should we relax now ahead of Wednesday's budget? Or do you think there'll be any more announcements on pensions that could leap out of his hat? Well, I'm sure there is. There's always a rabbit coming out of a hat somewhere when George Osborne is involved. Now, he only said that the steer we got from Treasury was now is not the right time to to be making any sweeping changes to the pension system. And if you think about it, the reasons why the the review was launched uh, eight months ago, they still exist. The costs of pensions at £21 billion a year of tax relief up front, that's still on the table. There's still a problem with the system not being clear and people understanding how tax relief works. So I am sure that they will return to this at some point, possibly this year in the autumn statement. Okay, so a delay rather than a full-scale retreat. Thanks very much. That was Josephine Cumbo, the FT's pensions correspondent. On Budget Day next Wednesday, stay glued to FT.com. Former money editor Jonathan Ely will be among the experts live blogging on the Chancellor's speech. They'll kick off around 12 noon and they'll pull in all the best reaction tweets from the FT's stable of writers and experts. And Thursday's edition of the FT is a budget special containing our full verdict on all the Chancellor has to say and what it means for your wealth and this will also be the subject of FT Money next Saturday. We'd love to know what you think about the pensions climb down, high-end dating, or about money matters more generally. You can get in touch with us via email, our address money at ft.com, or tweet us at ftmoney, and leave comments at the foot of individual articles on our website at ft.com slash money. There's just time to tell you what else will feature in this weekend's issue. Our US columnist Ken Fisher looks at what effect a future President Trump could have on stock markets. And as usual, we have the latest share tips and director's deals from the Investors Chronicle. The Money Show was produced and edited in London by Adam Palin. We will be back next week, but for now it's goodbye from me and our studio guests. Goodbye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.